Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Today we're going to go into a topic that that is just powerful for us. Um, and I, I, I want us just to, just, just to be able to be settled in this moment. So again, I want to give you the freedom. If you feel like you need to take off, great. If not, we're going to take about the next 10 minutes here, 15 minutes, talk through some scripture, and then set our hearts up in a place where we get to discuss and talk and pray together. And so we're going to do that. Today we're looking at chapter 8. For those of you that have your freedom book, you can open up to chapter 8 because we're actually going to do part of it together this morning. And uh, we're going to take a journey this morning on what the Word of God teaches us about the power of your words. And I, I just want to say, I think this is probably one of the most under-taught on topics in the body of Christ. Um, and so today, we're going to give it some time. We're just going to marinate on a little bit. We're going to present you with some scripture. We're going to take you through the first couple pages of our, our book that you're going to finish out this week. And I really want to hope for you that your eyes would be open to the understanding of God's word. Again, as we teach, we want to teach you God's word because it's the only thing that can actually bring you freedom and health and hope and put your life on a sure foundation. So we're going to do that today. Um, And I get my beautiful wife. She's actually going to do the majority of teaching today. I'm just going to sit here because she's way better than me. Richard's clapping. He's tired of listening to me talk already. Come on now. Thank you, Richard. I'll see you after service. Um. But no, we're going to jump into Scripture today. If, if, if you have your books, it's page 103, chapter 8. And I just want to read to you the kind of key verse that we're going to build around today as we build our lives on the truth of God's Word. And here's what it says. Proverbs 18, verse 21 says this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We're going to talk a little bit about why that is today, but I, I, I need you to, to come into alignment with God's Word. Oftentimes, it's easy for us to go, you know, well, I just don't know if I believe that part of Scripture. Can, can, I, can I give you some advice? If you don't believe one part of Scripture, don't believe any of it. Okay? Because it's either all true or it's not. And so as we approach God's Word, I just want to call you into this place. We don't, we don't pick and choose through Scripture. Oh, yeah, that one makes me feel good. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take that one into my life. Ooh, that one hurts a little bit. I'm going to pass, right? No, this one right here is a biblical truth. It's kind of like gravity. How many of you know whether you believe in gravity or not, it is a, it's a universal truth that is taking place and enacting upon your life right now? Everybody with that? All of us that are getting a little older, yeah, saggier, eh? Come on now. Like this is, this is a reality. So God has set some eternal principles into the very fabric of the universe that we are a part of. And here is one of them. That your words, hear me, your words have the power of life and death. So we're going we're gonna to unpack that a little bit this morning. Emily's going to take us on a journey here in the beginning parts of this chapter. But, I, but our hearts have to just... Just come into this place of alignment with God's Word. So, babe, you want to take us in kind of the beginning part of this? Yeah, let's jump in. So, on page 103, I'm going to read the paragraph and we'll read it together here. The words we speak are a spiritual gauge showing how much of our soul we have surrendered to God. If we have allowed our minds to be renewed by the Word, our conversation can't help but reflect what we have learned. If, on the other hand, we are hesitant to release our old habits and beliefs, Our words will betray us and reveal our true spiritual condition. 
If our souls are not in submission to God and we haven't surrendered everything to him, our tongues will be the first to sell us out. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) So turn the page, and on the top of page 104 is our scripture of Luke chapter 6, verse 45. And we're gonna, you can fill it out if you want to get ahead a little bit on the homework in the book. <laughs> um, and Luke 6.45 says... Yeah, Luke 6.45 says, A good person produces good things from the treasure of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Some of us are like, I'd like to go home now. <laughs> Come on, right? Like that, that's a pretty confronting space, right? But really, this is what Scripture is teaching us. The condition of your heart. So this is what Pastor Chris talked to us a few weeks ago. Like this is really all about the heart. The condition of your heart, what's going on in there, will be revealed in what comes out of your mouth. See a lot of people looking down right now. Quiet. I would like to think it's because you're actually writing the verse down in your book, but probably not, right? Don't. Like, this is a real thing for us in our lives. Like, this, this place of understanding that the condition of our heart is really important, and we'll, it'll be revealed in what comes out of our mouth. Absolutely. All right, let's read Matthew 12, verse 34 through 35 together. And our question is, what does Jesus say about the relationship between our hearts and what we say? Which we covered a little bit, but let's read this scripture and fill in that blank in our book together as well. Apparently, I'm supposed to read that. That's what we agreed on. (laughs) All right, verse 34. I'm following the plan. (laughs) See, communication, it's really important, people. Come on now. All right, verse 34. You brood of snakes. This is not referring to any of you in here. You guys are all awesome. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Is anybody just feeling the the stirring of the Holy Spirit in them this morning? Come on now. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Now listen to me. This is the beauty and the wonder of the renewing work of God in our lives, right? And I just want to bring this to your attention because we all reside in the United States of America. And here in this country, this is probably one of the biggest dilemmas that we face, one of the biggest challenges that we have, because we have this thing that is called the freedom of speech. And in our country, we hear a lot of talk about this right now, and really what we like to, to, to wrap around this is, well, I just get to say whatever I want to say. We, we love that terminology. As Americans, we, I'm going to say what I want to say, and nobody can tell me I can't say what I want to say. Sounds like my, like, six-year-old son 10 years ago. Like, there's, this, there's just, just this indignance in us. And, and the Christian version of that is, well, I just, I just want to share my heart with you. Right? It's this, it's this reality that for some reason we feel like we just need to say whatever we think. Or we just need to say however, whatever we feel. And the truth of God's word is saying, hey, 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 be, be, be careful with that. Because there's power in the words that you're speaking. And not only that, it's actually revealing what's really going on in, in your heart. Can I just tell you, I've learned more about people by what I see from them on Facebook and Twitter, and I can't even remember all the other ones because I'm just not good at them, but 
Can I just tell you, your heart is actually revealed in the words that you're speaking in those spaces? It's very quiet in here this morning. I'm going to look to this side of the room. Uh, There is this reality that the words that we speak and the words that we text and the words that we put out into social media are actually revealing some things that's going on. These aren't my words, people. This is what Jesus said. That the things that you say and the words that come out of your mouth are revealing more about you then you probably maybe want people to actually know. And here's the truth of the matter is God's actually coming in to try and do a work inside of us so that the things that come out of us reflect more of Him than the brokenness that He's trying to heal us from in in our lives. And so so just understand that God's, God's work in you is a work of the Holy Spirit that will produce the fruits of the Spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. All of these things are things that God wants to flow out of the overflow of His work in your life. But all too many times, there's some ucky stuff that's coming out of us, and it's just revealing the condition of our heart. So we're going to kind of go to this next question here, and we, we want to give you a moment to contemplate this space, right? Emily's going to read it to us, but then we want to give you a moment to actually answer honestly. Man, it is really serious here in this morning. Thank you, Jason. Thank, we, we, pay, we pay him to do that. I'm just telling you. A lot, I'm just kidding. We don't. But as we go into this question, take a moment. I really want you to just take a, a minute and think about what it's saying. So Emily's going to read it to us. Yeah, so it says, What does my day-to-day conversation say about my spiritual condition? Do my words reflect that God lives inside of me? Ooh. Definitely a question to really think about, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this paragraph there on the bottom of the page Why you maybe think about that a little more and scribble in a little feedback if you want to. And It says, Jesus tells us that a life consumed with the cares and treasures of the world will lead to fruitless talk that will bring judgment upon us. A life surrendered to God and filled with the Holy Spirit will produce speech full of grace, mercy, love and power. Isn't that what you want to be known for is a speech that is full of that. In Proverbs, one of my favorite scriptures, and I don't have the reference because I didn't think about it until now. Oh dear, we just had a little situation. Anyways, um, we'll just let that go for now. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyways, but it talks about our speech being like a bubbling brook. I'll... <laughs> Technical difficulties. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll move on why Jason problem solves that. But it talks about our speech being like a bubbling brook, right? And most of us think being in the mountains, sitting next to a bubbling brook is a very beautiful and peaceful thing. And that's really what our speech should resemble, right? It should be something that is soothing and full of life and full of just so much greatness for people around us. So it's good. So let's move on to page 105. Let's keep moving through this a little bit. And we're going to read through that page together as well. So our scripture at the top is Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand the entire universe was formed at God's command. And what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. With words, God spoke the entire universe into being. With words, he communicates to us. Through the Bible, with its thousands of words, he reveals himself to us. John 1, 1 says that Jesus is actually the living, breathing word of God. Words and language were his idea, and his words are literally life to us. 
Because God created man in his image, our words have power. Since Jesus is our example in everything, and we are to follow in his steps, let's look at a few verses that demonstrate the power of his words. In the following verses, underlined what happened when Jesus spoke. So in your book, there's three different scriptures listed. We'll read through and just mark under there what happened when Jesus spoke. Matthew 8, 26 says, Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and he rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was great calm. We see a really big action when he spoke, right? I would have been so thankful he was on the boat. <laughs> All right, Matthew 8, 32 says, All right, go. Jesus commanded them, so the demons came out of the men. And John eleven forty three through 44 says, When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out. As you can see in these verses, the spoken word of God can bring healing, peace, deliverance, and life. You know, as we see the beginning parts of that, I love how the scripture leads us into this place of understanding that, that everything that God has done, this, this might be an aha moment for a few of you this morning, everything that God has done, he did it by a spoken word. All of the universe was created, every animal, everything that we see around us was created by the spoken word of God. And this is the beautiful part of this is that God, from that place, also put that kind of authority into one part of his creation, and that part of his creation is us. And this is something that a lot of times people wrestle with in their heart and mind. So what does that look like in my life? Because I don't know about you, but I, I have not been Jesus in a boat and commanded the wind and waves to calm, and they just did. Like, I haven't experienced that in my life. But here's what I know. When the Word of God says that you have authority, when the Word of God says that there's power in the words you speak, remember what we read in our first, it's just a camera, we're good. Um, it, it, it speaks to us and says that you have the power of life and death in your tongue. So I want you to take this into some space of your life when you're thinking about what are my interactions like with people? Parents, this is maybe the greatest place of influence that you have in your child's life. Am I speaking life into them or am I speaking death? Spouses, husbands, and wives, are you bringing life to your spouse or are you speaking death over them in the things that they're experiencing in life? And you're like, man, that's a, that's a pretty heavy responsibility to put on us this morning, Pastor Tim. We were coming to church to have fun. You're having fun, right? And the reason we're having fun is because we're learning the truth of God's Word and the way that it can set us free in this journey of life that we have. And God has given you incredible authority and incredible power in your life in the words that you speak. And as you go through the chapter this week, it's going to unpack that more for you. It's going to take you into some spaces of your life to help you to understand what God has actually given to each one of us in the power of the words that we speak. And, and we just want to put a capstone on this morning and really kind of lead you into a place that has been pretty impacting on our lives. Um, a place that really kind of brings us into alignment with what God says. And I, I want to give you one illustration of it. And then Emily's going to really share from you from the riches of her life and experience the space. And it's, it's the place of declarations. It's what's coming out of our mouth 
about our lives, about our families, about our futures. And, and I want to be really clear this morning. We are not talking about a name it and claim it gospel. We are talking about getting our hearts and our minds renewed with the truth of what God's Word actually says about us. And there's a very big difference. Name it and claim it has no foundation out of relationship with God. It is just all, hey, I want that, I'm going to say that. No, 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 no. What God is inviting us into is a relationship with Him that grows our dependence on Him and reminds us of what He's where he seated us with him in heavenly places. And so as we get into this, and I just want to help you guys with this, we were actually making very bold declarations this morning in our time of worship. And some of you have even asked me, hey, why do we sing the same words over and over again? Why, why do we say the same thing? And let me help you with it. It's because we've got to get it from here into here. Because all too many times our minds have not been renewed by the truth of God's Word. So when we sing something multiple times over and over again, what it's doing is it's building actually, and I'm going to get all sciencey and weird on you guys, it's building new neuropathways in your brain. Science proves it. That the renewing of your mind actually takes place through the re re repetition of truth or a lie. You pick. Okay. But God wants you to believe the truth of what he says about you. So oftentimes we sing songs and we'll sing the same thing over and over again. Why? Because we need to get it deep into our hearts and get it out of our minds. There's times where we need to move beyond just, yeah, God, I know that you're good. And as we're singing it, no, we're singing these words over us. God, you love me. You love me. Today we sing, you are my champion. I am who you say I am. And, and Trey led us into this place of experiencing God's word coming alive in us because of the declaration or the confession of our mouth in that moment. It's not because we like repeating the same thing over and over and over again. It's because we need to get it, once again, out of here and into here in our lives. And that's really what declarations do. Baby, will you just talk with us a little bit about declarations and kind of the journey that God has taken you on through that? Yeah. So um, several years ago now, um, we stumbled upon a, a pastor named Steve Backland and his books and resources and started looking into that a little bit. And he and we have them available for you guys if you want one. But he has a daily declarations list that he does and challenges everybody to do. And, and there's 10 here on this list. We, like I said, if you want to grab one afterwards, we have them available. And I, as I'm reading it, I'm like, okay, this is something I've never thought about doing before, but it's something that seems realistic, <laughs> like it's a good idea. And so I hung it up on my bathroom mirror, and I decided I'm going to challenge myself to read these every single day, these, these 10 that Steve had recommended, Pastor Steve, and I'm going to repeat them. I'm going to do my best to memorize them, and I'll just put it out there. I'm horrible at memorizing things, <laughs> horrible at it, but I was like, I'm going to try really hard to memorize these declarations and just see, I mean, see what happens. And so the first one on his list is, my prayers are powerful and effective. And it's out of James 5.16. I love his. All of them are based on scripture. We're not making anything up. Um, and so I began reading through this list of 10 every single morning several times and trying to really start memorizing them, being able to say them with, with my eyes closed. And what's interesting, and in that season, there was a family member that I was very concerned for and, and had been praying for, and my heart was very heavy and lots of crying and just really concerned about this family member. And in that season, I mean, how many of us have prayed for something and not felt like we're seeing results? 
and our belief in the effectiveness of our prayers starts to decline. And we start, I mean, yes, it's the right thing to say when you hear somebody going through something, oh, I'll pray for you, right? Of course, I'll pray for you. But do we really believe that our prayers are powerful and effective? And what I found, I had been praying for this family member through this season, not even correlating it with these declarations. But as I began to plant that word in my heart that my prayers are powerful and effective, and I was saying it to myself multiple times a day, trying my darndest to memorize it, that I found at my prayer life changing. Because now when I started praying for this family member, even though I wasn't seeing the results I wanted to see, <laughs> the changes I wanted to see, or on my time frame or my schedule, I found myself praying with this new uh, and fervor. I believed that my prayers were actually making a difference, and they were actually being heard. And it, it started to grow my belief. You know, there's that scripture in, um, I thought I wrote it down. I don't know. Anyways, but he says, Lord, help my unbelief, right? Declarations are a very powerful way to grow our unbelief, because we all have unbelief. We just do. And we start to question things as soon as things don't happen the way we think they should happen, Right? And so reading through this list really started to change my life and impact it into every area. I started applying it in lots of areas. I am not a morning person. Anybody else out there? <laughs> There's her hand. Okay, great. Yeah, you know, and I started going, I, it's funny because as I started really walking through these principles, I started being aware of things I was speaking over my life that weren't in alignment with God. And I, one of the funny, I mean, just a funny story, but I remember rolling over another morning that I was not excited to get out of bed. And I remember catching myself for the first time, I probably had done it my whole life going, oh, I hate waking up. And I made that statement at probably most mornings, I don't know, for a very long time, I didn't even know I was speaking those words to myself. And so I started changing. I'm like, okay, if I can change my words, but that one's not scriptural, but it really and truly, our words do hold the power of life and death. And what we're speaking to ourselves does impact us. And what we choose to believe impacts us. One of his books is called, If You Don't Speak to Yourself, You're Crazy, which I think is great. So we should be speaking to ourselves God's truths, God's principles, God's scriptures, and declaring them over ourselves. And you will see your life change, I guarantee it. Um, I'm trying not to read too much out of a book to you guys. I was going to read the whole book, but <laughs> but I'm just going to read one little clip. If you're interested in diving deeper, his book, Declarations, is a fantastic book. But one quick little clip out of his book talks about the power of declarations, and I just think it will really reinforce um, the importance of it. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which we talked about um, a couple weeks ago too. The renewing of the mind does not happen by osmosis, but by an intentional plan to dismantle wrong beliefs and establish positive strongholds in specific areas of our lives. It is an irrefutable law of the spirit that if we renew our minds, we will be transformed. It will work for everyone, no matter what our past has been. Truly, nobody's past can limit their future, period. But current beliefs do limit. That's where, that's where we have lids in our life. Is, and and it's, lies create lids. That's what limits us. Not our past, not what we've walked through, not brokenness, not bad decisions, but our current beliefs are what limit us. 
Besides meditating on scripture, there's probably no greater strategic step we can take to renew our minds than making declarations. Declarations help us renew our minds to believe truth so our lives will be truly transformed. Remember, faith comes by hearing, and we get to determine how much we hear by how much we declare. And so I just really, this is something that has been a huge tool in my personal life in changing things and seeing my faith and my belief grow. And I would really challenge you guys to do the same thing. And what's funny is I actually looked really fast on Google because I'm like, well, how long do you have to do this before you're going to see a change, right? (laughs) I like to know numbers and deadlines. And so (laughs) it says for us to build a new habit, right? We have the books, 21 days, but they really say average is 66 days to really uh, start a new habit in life. And then to grow a new muscle, if you want to work out and get a new noticeable muscle on your body, it's saying four to eight weeks. Now, it said if we want to learn to like a food we don't like, that it only takes five to 15 times of trying it. I don't think that one's true. I have had my kids try foods many more times than that, and I still can't get them to eat certain things. So I don't know if that one's true. But it looks like really and truly, you know, really and truly, you got to be doing this for a couple of months before you're really going to start having that plant deeply in your heart and for you to see those changes take place. Yeah, I just love what Emily said. Didn't just reminding us through Scripture that the renewing of our mind takes place through the Word of God. And, and, and this is such a beautiful reminder for all of us that your faith in your life will be built by hearing the Word of God. And sometimes we, we like to associate, oh yeah, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll be to church on Sunday. Can I tell you, that is, that is not what this is talking about. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and sometimes you're preaching to yourself. In fact, you have way more time with you than we will ever get with you. And so you have way more opportunity to connect yourself to the truth of God's Word and declare it over your life so that you can live in the freedom that He has purchased for you. Way more opportunity than you ever will inside of your your small group or even connected with friends. Like you have a tremendous, I'm just getting this like revelation right now. For each one of us, we have a tremendous opportunity to experience the wonder of what God has for us if we would but open our mouths and declare the word of God. And again, I want to remind you, this is not like some self-help thing to get you thinking better about yourself. This is a transformation of your mind that God wants to do to help you to see yourself how he created you and what he created you for. And this is really the beauty, and I love, some of you should have written that down. I saw some of them, you kind of reaching for that. When Emily said that lies create lids, and the truth is what peels that lid off of your life, right? And we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we know that God's word is the foundation of truth that we build on. And so we just want to encourage you today. And again, you're going to get more time to to discuss this in your groups. Uh, You're going to get more time to kind of process this this week. But you need to understand, and and this week we're going to dive right back into this, this space of God. Come show me, change me, and fill me, right? God, show me your truth. Change the way that I think and fill me, God, with your understanding and truth. And so we're going to spend some time here in just a few minutes in groups um, as we do that together. So let's recap today. Number one, your words are powerful. And God created you that way. And that's a beautiful gift to you if we utilize that gift in a healthy way, right? And so we, we want to be people who learn how to walk in the gift of God in our life, learn how to utilize the things that are coming out of our mouth not to tear others down, not to tear ourselves down, but to bring life and encouragement. Can I get an amen on that?
Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.